welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Well, welcome everybody. Hello and welcome to this week's Streams in the Desert. I'm so delighted you're tuning in today. I'm I'm really excited for this conversation. I'm joined today with Pastor Steve, uh, my right-hand man. He obviously committed some terrible sins in a previous lifetime. You know, you, I suppose you do pick your friends. A, a good friend of mine, Neil Rhodes, is joining us today, Pastor Neil Rhodes. And he is the senior pastor of Crossroads Church in Fernie, France. I need to explain to you that Fernie, France, is, it's so synonymous to Geneva because you can kind of walk one meter one way and you're in Geneva and another you're back in Ferdy, France again, but he's pastoring a, a, a wonderful uh, church there. I'm going to get him to share a little bit about that afterwards. I've had some experience with that church myself over the years, but a great, great group of people there. Pastor Neil, great to have you today. How are you keeping, brother? Hey, Pastor Nick, really good. Pastor Stephen, good to see you too. Uh, Hi, great to see you guys. Nice background you got there. It looks good. Oh, there we are. Well, I, I like yours. Is that, is that your... Uh, Trophies on the wall behind there. <laughs> 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 Trophies uh, to grace. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Neil, what's happening with you? I know you've been busy today. Uh, someone told me you were on some call to do with, um, the, what is it, uh, UCB Geneva. Tell us about that. It's a very exciting time for there. Yeah, well, my relationship to um, Ian Mackey, who, who actually was the person who started, um, I can see Nolene. Yeah, yeah. We, we can see the whole world can see Nolene. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't have to move. <laughs> <laughs> this is the future of UCB, God help it. That's all I can say. You know? <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. Uh, Ian Mackey started UCB Radio about 30 years ago in New Zealand, took it to the UK. Uh, he's back in New Zealand, reaching the South Pacific Rim, going into China, into the millions. Uh, I think last year, uh, Word for Today and UCB Radio and, and a couple of other platforms, uh, in COVID time in 2020, reached um, 120 million people. Praise God! Wonderful. So, so it's um, so this Ian Mackey started. Uh, I met David Larue in two thousand three in the UK. Uh, just a brief meeting, and then from there, two thousand seven again, two thousand thirteen, different times. In two thousand, uh, in two thousand twelve, he asked me to take over UCB Radio London, but at the same time, Gary Wilkerson asked if we would come to. Uh, to Colorado Springs and help him in the work. And since we'd been with David Wilkerson for so long, we went to, to Colorado Springs and we, we bypassed the radio station in London. And so then time goes by and a couple of years later, uh, we, we, uh, we meet again and we start discussing it. So when I got to Geneva, one of the first things he said was, would you pray about having... Uh, an affiliate radio station, UCB Radio in Geneva, with the complimentary Word for Today booklet, which goes out, you know, to thousands upon thousands of people, millions of people actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we said, we I prayed, you know, and um, on top of pastoring a new church, taking on this responsibility was going to be humongous, huge. But we, we prayed and we felt a peace that we should do it. And as it as it is, it's turning out to be one of the greatest evangelistic tools that we, we're going to have in the coming days. Because we can utilize it to advertise in the Word for Today booklet, the church. Mm. And on the radio, we're going to have different voices, but that's where we'll also advertise the church. And so suddenly I see, just by saying yes, that God has given us one of the one of the greatest tools to reach Geneva electronically and paper-wise with the gospel. Awesome, awesome. Wow. But wow. listen, you're you're not you're not long in the in the hot seat there in Geneva. So 
You took up your post what about a year and a half ago, two years ago, Cisco. Just share yeah, with two. people what give the people the background because I know um, your church is similar to our church in the sense that one of the great joys of Cork Church, Stephen, would attest the same is that we have probably forty different nationalities, and they are the joy of our life, the cultural celebration, uh, it, the texture we have within our congregation. Uh, we just love it. It's a multi-faceted multi, uh, group of people. All nations are there. And yours is somewhat similar, if not even more so, yeah? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, I think that the last boast that they had of nationalities was 60. And, oh. uh, well, you, you know, 60, not that we have, we probably only have 60 people in the church. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we have a few hundred, but... Um, but it's because of the United Nations uh, that brings so many different nations together under one roof in Geneva that um, it's, it just stands to, to reason that people looking for a church from different countries as they come to Geneva find crossroads. And so we've been blessed to be able to have um, so many nations you know, attend the church uh, because of, I, I believe, because of Geneva itself being such a hotspot for all the nations around the world. It's the second largest United Nations in the world. Outside of New York, uh, mm -hmm. Geneva is the second largest. Mm -hmm. And this is the administrative side. So what, what goes, what's decided on in New York gets put into action in Geneva. This is where they handle all the money. This is where they, all the NGOs get their, their cash to go out and do what they're called to do. Yeah. Yeah, $27 billion a year uh, to run the United Nations. And a uh, uh, little question for you, see if you learned any trivia when you were over there. What was, what was the name of the organization before it became the United Nations? Before it became the United Nations was um, uh, Zimbabwe. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna expose your ignorance here under the whole world. It was, of course, the League of Nations. <laughs> of course, I knew there was a League of Nations, but I had to say oh, yeah, yeah. Zimbabwe because it's you know. <laughs> I, sh I should have stalled five more seconds because I can never win that argument. I should have stalled five more seconds. <laughs> oh, very good, very good. Well, listen, uh, it is a joy to have. Listen, you know, this time that we're living in now of course it's it's a very special time a very difficult time i mean this is a plague no matter what we want to look at it but this is also a massive opportunity for for the for the holy spirit to move upon the world and in between the holy spirit moving on the world and the plague you got the church that feels that you know their own needs being not being met socially um, pastorally uh, feeling quite isolated at the moment so before we get into the bigger purposes of god Neil, on, on the corona and the hour that we're living in. Have you any words of comfort just for the, for the congregations that are yearning for fellowship? They're yearning for contact. They're yearning for coming back into the house of the Lord again, you know. And, um, you know, would you have any words of wisdom for them? I think my screen is... Oh, there we are, back again. Yeah, let any me... Words of comfort for them? Yeah, let me, uh, let me get you a verse of scripture from uh, this translation really fast. I, I do have a verse for you and uh let me just grab it here really fast uh, yeah there's a you know as you know yourself you're a pastor there a pastor for many years apart from the greater purposes there is a lot of you know not not just fear in our own congregation but you know their own mental well-being and the sense of purpose is, is, has escaped many and um they're just in that place. Many people aren't just in that place. And actually, in fact, I'm going to be honest, even though I'm the senior pastor of the church, or I'm a little bit in that place from time to time, uh, you know, because I miss the people. I miss I miss our core church congregation. I miss the, you know, the sweetness of fellowship with them and seeing them raising holy hands in the house. And as pastors, because that's our primary focus, is our congregation first. And, you know, and that's our primary. That's what we're called to be, is to pastor our people. Uh, we miss them, and they miss us, and we miss each other. What what sort of consolation would you have, Neil, for them? Yeah, you know Isaiah thirty-five. There is a there's a, a wonderful verse of scripture. I'm going to read it from the ESV, English Standard Version. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The this is from verse one. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. 
It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. So, so the wilderness, the dry land, is going to change. This, this, this is a season, and the season will change. And what Hallelujah. will come forth out of this will be the blossoming of the crocus, the blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. So there is coming a time of joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the majesty of our God. Now listen, this is this is our job as pastors. Strength, therefore, in this season, in this season, and I'll tell you a couple of things we're doing in this season, strengthen mm -hmm. the weak hands. Mm -hmm. We're going to strengthen them. We know that they're going through it because we're going through it. What we go through, they are going through as well. So we, we strengthen the weak hands, make firm the feeble knees, say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong. Fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance and with recompense. He will come and save you. He will come and save you. Isn't that a great word? Oh, it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful word. Beautiful yeah. word. Thank you for that. You know, I've got I'm just looking at some of the questions that come in because I know there's a few other things we're going to get there in our conversation today. But Emma, Emma Dodge is one of our congregants. You probably know Emma, you'd know her to see. She's a wonderful young woman. And she wants to know what was one of the greatest encouragements you've received as a young adult or young Christian that still stays with you to this day. I think I kind of know what that is myself, knowing you as a friend, but what it's is a long it, time ago, you know, Nick. You're, you're asking for a long distance <laughs> memory there, so yeah, give me yeah. a moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, Emma, you, you know, the question is strange for me because I'm not sure if you're asking when I was a young adult. I can't remember that far back. I think um, actually she is. <laughs> but, but it goes back, goes far back as you can as regards to something that's a major encouragement to your own soul that really stays with you to today. To, to, to you know, that's probably a better phrasing of our question but i think i think because she is a young adult she'd like to know maybe as well is there is there something in your young young years that you've learned as well but anyway share some words of wisdom with her neil yeah well you know the thing is this when i got saved let me go right back to when i got saved when i when i when i got saved i had a motorcycle accident and uh i brought my motorcycle back to our hometown and and I came back home to recuperate. I had, you know, 18 stitches in my head, 12 down the side. You can't see the scar, but 12 down down my face. And uh, my, my thumb was sticking out. My, my arm was shattered. I've got stitches down my leg. So, so I came as close to death as possible. But through that, I came back to our hometown. I looked up Nolene again, who I used to like, and found out she wasn't married. And ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but it was it was because of that accident that I actually got saved. Uh, went to church with her and got saved. Mm -hmm. Then what happened was the car that hit me because I was in the wrong. The car that hit me was um, was claiming 700 at that time 750 pounds which was a lot of money this is back in 1972 750 pounds man I, and here i am an ex-hippie just got saved where the where where am i going to find 750 pounds and but so i'm in another town working um after i got saved i moved to the church where i got saved from my own hometown to this other place where i got saved and got a job there because that was the church I wanted to serve God in. And so while I was there, I decided that I'd go into this motorcycle store and um, I wanted it since the front end of the motorcycle had got crashed, I wanted to remove that and, and then put some extenders on and make it into a chopper since, you know, so this is what I want to do with this motorcycle. So I went into this motorcycle place and the guy said, well, what, what motorcycle do you have? So I said, well, it's a BMW 750. He says, "Wow, uh, the, the Touring." That's I said, "Yep, yeah, it's, it's the yeah, the it's the Touring, you know, 750 BMW back in the day was was pretty prestigious, and uh, yeah, still is, <laughs> it still is, yeah." And so he said, "What do you want to do with it?" So I told him about the accident. You could see my arm was there with the stitches, blah blah blah. I said, "I want to make this into a chopper since the front end is is busted out." He says. Oh, yeah, I think we could do that for you. So I walk out the store, and as I walk out the store, another guy walked in, 
and uh, was talking to the owner. And the owner said to said, "Oh, you know, uh, that young man just came in here. He wants to take his 750 BMW and turn it into a chopper." He said, "I I collect and restore um, BMWs." And so the guy runs out the store, grabs me, pulls me back in. Now you've got to understand, I'm only saved three months. I'm only mm-hmm. a Christian three months, maybe four months, no longer than that. And uh, he pulls me back in and he says, oh, this gentleman uh, buys and restores BMW motorcycles. So I go, uh, yeah, so what, what does that got to do with me? You know, but so what? I'm not selling mine. He says, uh, I'm going down to, down to the town where you lived, where your motorcycle is. You know, could I take a look at it? And so I said, sure. So I gave him my father's address, and, and he went down to the town where, where we where were raised, and uh, he went to go see the motorcycle. And there on the spot, he said to my father, I'll give you 750 pounds for this motorcycle. <laughs> That's awesome. And and wow. so for me, for me, within the first four months of my walk with Jesus Christ, I knew that he was the God of miracles because oh, I had no way I could pay that. And they would have put lawyers on me. They would have got, gone legal on me. It would have been a mess. And in just in a moment of time, without thinking about it, without mm-hmm. praying, even mm-hmm. praying about it at that point, that God had gone ahead of us and said, mm-hmm. I know the way. I know where I want to pitch. We have a place for you to pitch your tent. I know where I've found the place. I'm going to always be going ahead of you. And and I tell you, Pastor Nick, Pastor Stephen, uh, Emma, this is this has been true all through my life. I have never not seen God come through financially for us. Oh, Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Lovely. Well, at least there's two things I, I learned from you. I learned what happened to your face because that always bothered yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I never would do that. <laughs> oh, dear me. Uh, if you, uh, if you know, so I think it was Mike McBride. I, I, he doesn't remember saying this to receive, but he did. I remember your dad saying, I asked him about longevity in the ministry he won, and he said, Never lose your sense of humor, you know. That's and right. he doesn't yeah, recall yeah. that, but it, and and uh, at the time, I <laughs> you know, I kind of laughed it off and laughed with him. I just thought he maybe he was playing a prank, but I actually think there's a lot to be said to that to be to be able to even laugh at the storm, you know what I mean? To you know, to 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 rise above it and say, you know, you have these uh, these moments, but anyhow, praise God. Uh, Neil, just bring us up to speed a little bit now on where you're going as a church and uh, you know those words of encouragement to people are very real but how is the church they're doing and uh, and are you growing even despite covid or are you kind of static or how's how's it looking there in geneva yeah actually we're losing people uh so so the big the big thing is is that we have we have lost several several families mm-hmm. um so that's been you, you know, and, and I'm still smiling. You, you know, mm. and 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 these two two the loss of two families in particular are beautiful elders. One and both are going to the United States. Uh, mm. One's going to California. The other's going to New York City. Uh, both for work related, and and that's the nature of of this this area is that you have people who are sent to Geneva, but then when their mission is up, their home countries bring them back again. And the job, you know, comes to an end, and they don't get renewed. Everybody wants to be renewed and stay for mm-hmm. for several more years, but that's it's that's unlikely. System. It's mm-hmm. the system for for majority. Mm-hmm. A few of them in the church have been here for a number of years, and that's just that is absolutely very rare. Yeah, very rare. So we've lost uh, two two of our elders and their wives. They've gone. Uh, We've had three or four families who tipped over the other side of the fence. You know, yeah, we've been with this church for so long, and COVID came in as a perfect opportunity to flip into another church, and and they've gone. Another one, another couple have now left us and gone up to you know to another church up here, you know, forty minutes away, and so so I'm looking at all of this and uh, thinking, wow, 
mm-hmm. I, I should be panic stricken by now. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I start to look internally and think, you know, maybe they hate my accent. Maybe, you know, whatever the case might be mm-hmm. for majority of these people just up and leaving and moving out. Uh, and, and, but you know, the Lord, the Lord put a peace in my heart and he said, you know, not to worry. And suddenly we start seeing uh, the church. So we've opened up the church again. So we, we allowed to have one person per meter mm-hmm. in, the, in the church. And so maximum we can have in this, in our particular sanctuary is, is about 130 people total max. And, uh, and as soon as we opened up the church, boom, we were hitting 120, you know, people just, people just flooded in and new families are pouring in like, like there's no tomorrow. So I I just sit back and and I just, I I just watch the dynamic that is going on. And if you, if you got your hand tight on the reins, you're going to get panic stricken. But if you just sit back, you know, I'll, I'll give you a quick story. Uh, our associate pastor, he, uh, he, he meets with, with several people uh, it's via Zoom uh, of other pastors, English-speaking pastors in the Geneva area once a month. And he came out of this one meeting, and there were so many difficulties, so many issues going on with all of the churches, such a, such a burden, such a heaviness. And, and, and he's laughing on the inside, thinking, we're experiencing revival uh, wow. at Crossroads. And mm-hmm. he's trying to contain the smile uh, because every every way we're turning, we're seeing the hand of God mm-hmm. bringing in new people. And, you know, right in the very beginning, Pastor Nick, uh, other churches were doing a better job in contacting people, making connections, making sure people mm-hmm. stayed. We did a lousy job. I'll tell you right now, we did a lousy job. We, we, we hardly called anybody. We hardly looked after them. Um, so probably that was some of the reason that they maybe went, fell off the other side. Who knows what reason is. We tried our best. We did what we, we knew how to do, but compared to others, we failed. And I remember saying to, to my associate pastor, Pastor James, I said to him, you know, there's something about remaining free and allowing God to do what he wants to do and let people make choices where they want to be and where they want to go. Just, you know, it's, it's part of the, the, the freedom that we have as Christians is to choose where we want to worship. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't panic. And, uh, and sure enough, we, we, we've come through this and we see every, every hallmark of revival is now becoming evident in the church. We see it. We, we know it's happening. We see people mm-hmm. getting saved. We are seeing people awesome. coming in, flooding in. So if you ask me, COVID as wretched and horrible, and we have an outbreak. We've just got a notification today that masks are absolutely mandatory every second of the day, whether in the car, outside the car, because uh, there's like in our, in our, close to our community, another 250 people have just got COVID. There's a new outbreak. And so as wretched as it is, there is a reviving that is taking mm. place by the Spirit of God. And it's amazing to watch what God mm. is doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we can get into some of the details of, of why I yeah. believe it is yeah. happening. Pastor Neil, I think you're the first minister I ever heard who reported that his church was shrinking, ever. <laughs> You know, and and, um, and you did it with a smile on your face, almost. You know, it's, it's not. I know you would never love shrinkage. In oh the no, church, no. But but what I see is 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 a freedom and a, a disconnect between the successes or failures of the church and your walk with the Lord. And I, I'm sure there's there's lots of leaders who would listen into this maybe at some point. And, and, and they're in panic mode. People aren't coming back to church. They're afraid to come back in. Or, or they're, they're some, some people have backslidden. Uh, what, what would you say to those leaders who are, are feeling, you know, their value go down, their, their leadership ability is in question, all those things that goes through a leader's mind? What, how would you encourage them today? Well, I think we, get, we need to go back to the basics. Um, as pastors, we, we know the basics. We, you know, we've all been raised on, on the basics. And 
So what I did, what I initiated at the beginning of the year was in our staff meeting, for instance, I said, we're going to get into the word and we're just going to dig into the scriptures for an hour before we even start any business of the day. And we just, we're not going to worry about the clock. We're just going to get into the word. So we go back to the basics. So as we began to open up the scriptures, uh, just to our staff, one of them said, you know, could we have some of our volunteers come in? And we said, well, well, sure. Okay. So one or two volunteers came in and then another volunteer came in, then a third, then a fourth, then a fifth. And, you know, every Tuesday in, in my office. So, so what I did was I took my office, which was the senior pastor's corner office, beautiful, nice desk, beautiful bookcases, <laughs> nice carpet chairs, nice leather couch and chairs and mm. and this isn't to say every pastor does this and so what i did was i took all of that stuff out of my office and uh and i said okay i brought in a big table put in all these chairs and i made it a common room rather than a corner room and so I invited people just to come in and we would go through the basics together in the scriptures and with a whiteboard on the back we began to dig in the scriptures and um Jordan and Chelsea are part of this team. Uh, mm. And if you, you get them aside and you ask them, what is your favorite day of the week? They're going to tell you it's Tuesday. And so what is ignited in the heart of these young people and these volunteers and the staff members has been a fire that has been kindled. And so we go back to the basics. Don't worry about the outside. Just, just, just yeah. get it, get the message right where the heartbeat of the people are in your staff, in the group, just, just go back to your basics. People are peeling off. You've got to understand finances are down. People are peeling mm -hmm. out. Don't want to come back to Crossroads Church. And these are people who have been here 30 years, you know, and one, yeah. And so anyhow, so we went back to the basics and just said, Lord, I know, I know one thing. If you get the message right, he'll, he'll find the messengers to take it. Brilliant. Get the Get the message. He'll he'll provide the messengers, and uh, so now what we're doing is we're going to now extend this hour into a second hour, where we're going to start training all of these people for ministry. So, so mm -hmm. in the midst, behind closed doors, we are actually in training now, raising up new leadership that is going to take the church on and beyond. And this fire now is catching in. We have four prayer meetings that take place in the church, and these prayer meetings are now catching the same fire. Uh, mm. So, so we we see. We let me say it this way: we, we're seeing what Elijah saw. Elijah saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. That's mm. all he saw. Yeah. It's nothing. It's nothing. Small, tiny, insignificant, teeny weeny hand. He saw, and then he heard the sound of rain. And, you know, if we are seeing by the Spirit, we're going to be hearing what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And Elijah said, guys, we've we, we got to go. We've got to get down this mountain yeah, because the it's, raining. it's going to come, coming. man. Yeah. And, raining. and so what I've done this, this next week, just before Easter, uh, you know, I had a, a, a chat with all of our elders and uh, I've called for a three-day of prayer and fasting. And I said to them, the, the, the one mistake that a lot of pastors get into when, when a reviving starts happening is that they, they go a little bit lighter because they, they don't want to stop the move of God. Yeah. And uh, But what happens is they stop digging, they stop praying, they stop getting into the depth of what actually got them there. And mm -hmm. so I've just gone to my leaders and I've said, we're going to do the opposite. We're actually going to go deeper and walk in greater humility and we're not going to stop our prayer meetings. So as as this begins to to fashion itself by the Spirit of God, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go deeper, uh, get the word. Just this morning, just this morning, not yesterday, just this morning. And you're going to be excited about this, Pastor Nick, uh, because God has just opened up a fresh, fresh uh, series to me. Uh, it's 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 going to be as thrilling as any of the series you've ever heard uh, me give. This is this is so the the target is this that God will open up the scriptures. We've just finished some, and one of the main messages that I preached in the church just the other day 
was that when Jesus got to the gates before the Garden of Gethsemane, he saw the, the vine branches weaved into the, into the gate. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And then if you go to Romans about being grafted in, see, the word mm -hmm. being grafted in literally means to be seated. It's to take that and be seated into 100% of the flow of the vine. When we come into Christ, we don't get 3%, 4% in an ever-increasing measure, 10%, 50%, then, you know, as we go along. No, mm -hmm. when you get seated into Christ, you have 100% of God living in you by the Holy Amen. Spirit. That's absolutely yeah. right. That's right. That's absolutely right. You know, yeah, it's been lovely. similar, actually. I think, you know, at the start of this um, COVID last year, when it, when, when it all started to kick in and, a lot of a lot of the temptation for pastors and some some fell by the wheel. I don't blame them. I don't, I'm not saying this sort of judgment, but I think no. it's natural to kind of um, adopt a sort of uh, try to you know it's like the rubber dinghy that's getting all these pinholes. You're trying to patch up everything quickly, or do your best you can to keep your people from you know from disseminating. And an awful lot of energy can be dispelled that way, you know, constantly ringing, constantly calling, chasing, chasing. Where we felt exactly from the Lord the same thing is to get on, the, get, make sure we have the right message because yeah. we're not we're not the Holy Spirit. We're not omnipresent. Now, thank God for online, we, we can have a certain amount of presence regularly in people's lives. But when they do have contact with us as ministers, that we do have something to say from God. That it's not, you know, we're not reacting to COVID. We're not reacting to people's shortcomings or, or the events around us. But we're trying to provide something that even now we still feel the weight of coming to the pulpit, that we do bring something that's fresh, that's yeah. of Christ. That is, yep. and, 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 and at this stage, all we can tell our congregation as whatever, listen, this is from the Lord. If you should yep. eat this spread and, and digest it, it will get you through many yeah. days, just like the Elijah story, you know, yeah. it, it sit up and get you, and he went on the strength of that food, it says, for many days, and so we feel the same, all our team, all our pastor Steve there, yeah. everything that we're doing, even though we've had to up our online presence with technology, and the guys are doing a great job, technology is nothing unless you've got something to say. You can have all these nice lights behind us, and so what? But if you don't have a word, and you, or you don't know what this, what this core of the gospel is, then you'd only always react to people's failures or their actions. Yeah. Or their, and, and so we were determined, and I think the same wisdom that you've, you've seen in your own church, we're seeing among our own staff and core people that... And I can, and I just wanted not to, to hog it here, but you know, just thinking, and I hope she doesn't mind. Me, I don't, I know she won't mind me using her name. I went to vi visit one of our our people, myself and Catherine, went to see her, Mary O'Brien, because Mary has very, very bad COPD. I mean, she d died about a year ago on an operating theater, they brought her back, and we were just really worried. She got COVID, she's recovered, praise the Lord. And so, our contact has been minimal with her and her daughter, single mom. So, we got mm -hmm. to call at a safe distance, talk with the door. And she put her hand there and she said, oh, Pastor Nick, she said, you know, it's been really tough and all the usual stuff. But she said, I've learned, and I hear perk up in there, I've <laughs> learned how to rely on him more now than ever. And yeah. uh, Mary, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but it, it, it jumped into my soul that now you're digesting the word of God and learning the strength of going to God without the third mediator of a Pastor Nick or Stephen or anyone mm. else. So it's really trying to bring people onto that precious truth all the time that there is there is something to sustain you. You said that in your opening verses to our people, but to ministers watching, Christ is enough. Let's hear from him. Let's get that message out yeah. in hope. And and that will hold every congregation. Because you know the the um, uh, should I say the the the, the uh, production of what we do will vary according to the sizes of our church and we're not meant to be looking how other churches are doing it yeah or not doing right. it. if i have 50 people then it's going to be an iphone you know uh just about getting there with the signal but make sure you have something to say make sure you've got something from the lord to say because you've only got a short time now to say it and people are starving to hear a word from the lord so i think rather than us panicking and reacting to the ones and twos going out the door for faithful to the message God will do just what he's done with you. He'll bring others in. There will be people who will fall to one side. Yeah. Or, 
you know, they, they, you're, you're giving them milk, but someone else is giving them orange crush and they want to go over there. So fine. Go, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, you know, but uh, I, I enjoy, I enjoy that. See if you, I can see you're enjoying that, that, that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think, uh, I, sorry, Dave, um, I think that as we stepped into that, um, even from a from a from the ministry side of the camera, there there was a freedom in it. There was a strengthening of the Holy Spirit in it. It it felt every bit as anointed, as blessed by the Lord, inspired by the Lord as mm -hmm. as when we had the congregation there. Even though we're missing yeah. the congregation and and we're speaking to a camera, but we're doing it in faith. It, it just. The, the Lord was just blessing it and, and bringing it out. There, there was genuine joy in the times of worship, you know, genuine Holy Spirit uh, spoke messages going, going, going right into the heart. And, and there's been no, there's no let up. There, there, there's no, there's no laying down the tools for a while. There's, there's no casual approach. No, this is everybody's important and everybody's anointed. Everybody's as led of the Holy Spirit uh, as we just stay true to the message. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think like most churches, we fell into the trap. When I say we, I'm talking, um, you know, crossroads as a type of churches all over the world. We, we fall into the trap that we think that people come because of, and they do come because of the worship and the, the preaching and the fellowship and things like that. So, so we do know that they do come in. But then we get to feel that unless we have that, the people won't come. But what COVID has taught us is that people actually do stay connected to you, even though they don't have the fellowship. And the one thing that we've realized is that we, we, we are separated because of COVID, but they are not separated from Christ. Yeah. And and he's the power, and that's that story of of Sister Mary, who mm -hmm. who uh, Doyle, who 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 says, "I've learned so much." Be why? Well, of course, because there's no discrimination with God, whether male or female, young or old. You see, so it doesn't matter how young or old you are. People, Christ is with them all the way through. So, um, and I remember David Wilkerson those saying to me, clear as as though it was yesterday. He said to me. And I remember the way he used to say, he said, Brother Rhodes. That's how he used to say, Brother Rhodes. <laughs> I used to say, I used to call him Brother Dave. Mm -hmm. And he didn't want to be called Pastor. Brother Dave, he used to say, Brother Rhodes. Um, the message of the new covenant is the message that will awaken the church in the last days. Because it's a Christ-centered message. Yeah. And see, so what we've been doing is this. We don't have to use the word covenant or new covenant. We just bring in a Christ-centered message yeah. where the focus is always. So it doesn't matter which facet of the diamond you go to. It yeah. doesn't matter which facet. As long as the facet called Jesus is being reflected, yeah. uh, people will be attracted to the solidarity of the message. And, you know, month in, week in, week out, month in, month out for the last two years, I've just we've just hammered away at a Christ-centered message. And now people are catching it. They are, and there's a buzz. Things are happening. Oh, no. mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just want to say uh, hello to Patience, Emma Doyle, Yuan, uh, Dominic, uh, Musa Dub. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. And everyone that's watching, God bless you. If you have any questions, just throw them online. We have the Oracle here, Pastor Neil Rhodes. <laughs> he knows everything. <laughs> So if you uh, want to go off topic and talk about motorcycles, he'll talk about motorcycles with you. Yeah, or anything do, you, do you know that Neil Rhodes is also a pilot? I mean, the guy is like, he's like, you know, <laughs> he can do anything. He's like super faster, okay? But uh, so do send some comments. Does, does, and, he, uh, does he fly then. planes? Does he fly planes the way he drives motorbikes? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah, but I ain't ever going to go for them, put it that way, you know? <laughs> Uh, no, no my, my wife, she felt safer in the airplane than she did uh, in the car, she said, because there you go, okay. you, you know, you, you can't get up in the air, pull on the emergency brake and, and get out and say, now, how do we get this thing down? <laughs> you are committed. It's <laughs> uh, great. Uh, you know, the, the message of the New Covenant, I mean, it's such a precious 
revelation to have. Uh, you know, I, I, I do remember my early journeys. It wasn't too long after your early journeys because I know you had to go through your transition, Neil, of a theological position that you would have been grounded in for mm. many years or a lens in which you, how you viewed God and his entire plan. Hard. It's amazing. We all bring a lens to this Christian game. You know what I mean? Mm. We all bring a background of some religious or a religious. Or, yeah. And we have this notion in our head and then we read our Bible verse according to that notion in our head that we have of yeah. God that's not quite founded, not mm. quite right. You know, I, I, I was sharing on Wednesday night that there's an old Yiddish or Jewish um, uh, uh, Proverbs that says that a half a truth is an entire lie, you know. <laughs> 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 and, uh, it, it's amazing, you know. I, I, I was bringing that notion into how we appraise ourselves as Christians at times, and of course, New Covenant does something very different. We appraise ourselves when we get up in the morning, we look at the man or woman in front of us and say, I don't, I don't really like you based upon either physical or things you thought, or things that you said or didn't say, or your weaknesses. And and so we and all those things could be possibly true, but because it's only half the truth, we live <laughs> life, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And the new covenant I, has taught us that. It's taught us something to, to hold on, hold on a second. That is a truth, but in isolation, it's actually a damning light to the Christian. You know what I mean? Of course. And yeah. and the new covenant brings you to a revelation. But it's been something phenomenal because I remember. You wrestling, you came through, and then you were sent to Latvia. David Wilkinson sends you to Latvia, and Carter Collins sends you there to teach to the Latvian church. And I was accompanying you over, like your entourage, hold your suitcase and um, oh. make sure that you were okay. And we had, me and Catherine were there with a great time. But I remember, you know, battling with New Covenant um, theologically because I'm not, when it comes to theology, I've always liked doctrine and theology from a young age. It's, I was forced into that place because there wasn't many Christians. and you had to defend yourself in a world that there wasn't very many evangelical Christians at all, a handful of them in our city. So it's, at the age of 12, you know, Dr. Morton Lloyd-Jones was my diet, you know what I mean? He's not the most dynamic speaker, yet phenomenal, phenomenal speaker. And you get into truth, and, and but again, you're lensing it from a Catholic background, and then years later, you're confronted with the doctrine of the New Covenant, and bam! But I remember catching Covenant in Latvia, in the full sense of a revelation. It was actually a moment with God um, mm. that brought, because not only did I catch it theologically, I caught it revelationary as well in, in, a, in a revelatory mm. way that has never, it has never, ever, even through the worst moments of my life, and there's been many worse moments since that time to now, that that truth hasn't kept me afloat and kept me sane, I have to be honest with you, because I think, I would be in absolute despair if I had the revelation. What would you think, Neil? You, you know, you know, Pastor Nick, I, I remember that. I was so sick that in 2003, and I remember you helping me up to the pulpit. I'd preach, the anointing would come on me, and I would be fine, and then you'd help me down again. Uh, I was so sick um, during that, that season. But... Um, but you catch it. I remember going to Ukraine and for two years almost um, preaching to, we, we established a church up in the mountains the, uh, with this in uh, Ivano-Frankivsk. We started this church, planted a church on the new covenant. And the, the guy, Vitali and Luba, <laughs> Uh, month, I, I would go up for 10 days every single month and just stay up there and teach to them. And at one point, and a good thing they didn't understand English because I could say what I wanted. But I remember <laughs> jumping up one time and just yelling at them and, and, and uh, saying, what is wrong with you guys, you know? And so uh, they just weren't, they were just weren't catching it. They were just like you mentioned, they were coming with a certain lens. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and I remember this one time we went up to the, the mountains to a church way up at the top of the mountains and 300 people in this church in the nowhere land. And uh, coming back down the mountain, I, f I fell asleep. And then I hear the sobbing going on and I wake up and here's Vitali. I fell asleep in the car and, and he's driving down the mountain. Exactly what happened. The revelation of the new covenant hit him and he began to mm -hmm. weep. Weep and weep and weep, and today they have revival. They built their own church in ten years. They they oh. they're packed to capacity. 
it's amazing. But just uh, I just want to go back quickly, Pastor Nick, and just say, you know, the battle was real. Uh, you 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 coined it correctly. We all have mm -hmm. that lens. And when mm -hmm. I heard the new covenant, it thrilled my heart, but not my head. Mm -hmm. My heart rejoiced, but my head was in loopy loop land. Mm -hmm. It was like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and the thing that I couldn't, I couldn't get was I knew that Jesus lived inside of me, but I always prayed to him as though he was outside. Mm -hmm. I would always, you know, look to God as being somewhere else, but not living in my heart. And so I remember when I came into the New Covenant that I took a water bottle and I just put this in my shirt and I would walk with this in my shirt and I'd, I'd just speak as though I was speaking to Jesus in my heart. And 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 nobody said, you're crazy. I said, I might be crazy, but I can't get what's in my heart to my head. It's not my head to my heart. It's my heart to my head because this what I'm hearing is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But I don't. it's very hard to get to believe it. I don't have the full understanding. And so uh, I just I did this for, for months, and suddenly it just connected. Now today, uh, you know, I know. <laughs> you don't need a water bottle. You don't need the store. water bottle. <laughs> yeah. I don't need the water, water bottle, bottle anymore. <laughs> and uh, because I'm, I'm so solid now with this understanding that, that he is mm -hmm. not only in me, you've got the, you've got the, the, the internal presence of God, Yeah. When two or three are gathered together, you've got the in the house of God, you've got the manifest presence of God. Mm -hmm. And then you've got, you know, he is everywhere by his spirit. So you've also then got the omnipresence, the omnipresence of God. So you've got the omni, the manifest and the, the, the personal presence of Christ living within you. And I think mm -hmm. I think we, we understand coming into church and we feel the manifest presence and we know that he's everywhere, but we don't really understand that. But the hardest thing for people to grasp is the, the full knowledge that the, the creator of the universe lives inside of you. Yeah. Quite profound. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hugely profound. There's always that niggle of condemnation. There always is that, you know, a little voice saying you, you haven't done well enough to earn it. There always is that, and it's always trying to take away our confidence. You know that He is yeah. us, never to leave, never to leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know that that battle is going to go with us to the grave. You know, yeah. we we're never going to get to the place where we think we've got a handle on this. Mm -hmm. uh, the condemner still comes to me. You know, I, I smiled when I said people are leaving because I'm on the other side of the thought process. But when they were leaving, I was miserable. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, um, Yeah. You know, David Wilkerson again taught me years back. He said, when there's a problem, I remember him sitting on the platform and he leaned over and he said, this is before the curtain went up. He leaned over and he said to me, he said, um, whenever there's a difficulty that comes up, a problem comes up in the house, I never look to solve the problem. I always look to my heart to see that I cause it. So, so if... So he always looks to his own heart. So, and that's what I do. So, so I, I heard that by the Spirit. And so whenever things happen, somebody leaves or something happens, I don't go to look to see, oh, what's the problem? Why did they leave? I always go first to my heart and say, God, did I cause them to leave? Mm -hmm. Did mm -hmm. I cause them to, to be upset? Did I cause the situation by something I said, something I did, something I ignored, whatever? And there's no condemnation, but I just check yeah. my heart. And if I'm free, then I can take a look at the issue to say, okay, now let's see if we can solve the problem. Mm. Mm -hmm. My mom just left a comment up there. That was a lovely comment. She said, the new covenant made between the Father and the Son set me free from strife and condemnation and caused me to enjoy my walk with Christ. See, that's the, see when we exactly, it is around the post because so many Christians They construct the new covenant similar to the old covenant, where the old covenant or covenants, if you want to look at them as plural, were all contractual arrangements between God and men, where God had a contract of obligation placed upon him, and men had a, con had a con covenant or contract of obligation placed upon them. And if both sides did their part of the covenant, things worked. And of course, we know down to the history of man that man amazing. broke every single covenant. God kept them all, but man could yeah. man cannot keep covenant. Man cannot even keep his New Year's resolutions. He cannot keep himself in check. So he cannot keep covenant with God. So God bypasses humanity. 
He says, yeah. I've given the law for two and a half thousand years to you people. I've given you 4,000 years of civilization to see if you could fix it yourself, to show you that you can't. And now behold the man, the unique man. The, 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 the uniqueness of Christ is not, his, not just that he's a man. He's also a God man, fully God, fully man. He can represent the human world by being the second Adam, the spiritual Adam, the spiritual father, the federal head. And now he becomes in, in him. We have a new identity where before that our identity is in the first Adam, the fallen Adam, that nature. And so the, the man Christ Jesus makes covenant with God the Father and goes into this arrangement and says, I will be the second Adam and I will, I will take to myself, first of all, their punishment and I will walk, as you would say, in obligation to everything you want, Father. So I would delight to do your will. Everything you ask me to do, I'll done it. Father, all that you've asked me to do, I've done. And I'll walk out for them. And I will win them the legal right to be seated here with us today because I will satisfy your justice. I will satisfy your commandments of how to live in perfect obedience and in humility yeah. as a servant should to God. And yes. then when I've done that, I will rise from the dead. And where I get to be seated, they get to be seated already in the spirit. And so it's an amazing thought that you and I are, are on screen today. We, we, I know you guys, you're all going to get a little bit tingly because you love the thought that we are on the sidelines in one way when this incredible new covenant is made between Jesus Christ and God the Father. And we are brought in through faith. By, grace, are you, by that grace, are you saved through faith in it? And so the battle is always reminding yourselves, Christian, the battle is this. The backlist, I forget this. I actually forget the covenant if I don't remind myself of it. I forget yeah. the death, burial, and resurrection if I don't remind myself. And when the David, the psalmist says, Selah, think and meditate upon these things, it means it's a life of thinking and meditating yeah. so that we can guard from that meditation on the truth, living in the reality of that truth. Otherwise, we go back and we get forgetful of those truths and we live by another thought line, which is a faulty thought line, which is condemnation, religious treadmill, working and doing and all these works and trying to impress mm -hmm. God with where we come back down. And mom, you're absolutely right. It causes strife yeah. to cease in our life. And when we keep our eye off the covenant, if you're strifey as a Christian today, it's because <laughs> your eyes off the covenant. Yeah. Uh, that's the reality. That's the reality uh, of it all. I uh, say to the young Nick, people. Uh, sorry, Pastor Nick, could, could I ask you to just maybe just explain the word covenant? We have a young man on called Jamie. He's a young Christian. Welcome, Jamie, to, to, to listening today. Uh, explain that word covenant because we talk about new covenant and what what is this? We, we talk about Jesus. Yeah. It's all about Jesus. What's new covenant? Yeah, new covenant. A covenant, basically, you know, in the world today's terms, uh, in a business arrangement, would be an agreement. An agreement that you make with, if you're going to purchase a house, a car, and you have to enter into some some form of agreement. There's a marriage, there's, or a marriage. There's two parties to this agreement, and two people have to agree. So, if if I'm buying a car, for instance, uh, and I go in. They have the they have the vehicle and they can they can sell it to me for X amount of dollars and I enter into that agreement with the promissory note that I will be honest to pay for that cost. So it's it's an agreement where two people come together and they agree on a certain topic. And so covenant, the term covenant is simply agreement, but it's more than mm. just an agreement. It means that it is uh, an eternal agreement where God comes into this agreement with his son for us. I, I want to just say one thing, you know, Nick, thank you for sharing that because that's exactly what thrills our heart. While you were saying it, I, I couldn't help but think of the burning bush. And this is what I say to the young guys around me all the time. I said, when you get a revelation that the, that the one who made covenant with the father lives inside of you, the, the person who agreed to the terms of the father and fulfilled them now abides on the inside of you. Mm. Exactly. And and the mm. result of that is a burning bush experience where you begin to burn with a revival of fire on the inside of you that does not need your leaves, your twigs, and your branches mm -hmm. to burn. This is a fire that burns by itself. So when the yes. Holy Spirit resides within us, he doesn't need my reading, read more, pray more, fast more, you know, try to do it in your own strength more. He doesn't need any of that. He just 
he just burns from the existence of who he is within you. Uh, but now the praying more, read more, fast more, study more is to explore all what that looks like and what it means. So, so for the person who loves the understanding of the new covenant, these are people who actually read more because they don't do it out of obligation. They do it because I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the love so, of God compels me, yeah. Yeah, so, so you, you're not working at something where before the condemnation comes as if you fail or you think you mm. fail. But when you enter into something that is already done and complete and he's looking for nothing from you other than to believe it and mm. enjoy then we ourselves choose to separate from the world so we can understand this more to enjoy what God has truly given us through yeah. the Holy Spirit. But well, the, the benefits of true faith is going to be the fruit of the Spirit. So, you know, yeah. and I think, you know, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. So by faith are you saved through grace, but also just living by faith. So it's this battle every day of faith versus unbelief. Our faith versus my own way of thinking, or my old way of thinking. In other words, God says this, my old way of thinking says this, and I have to continue to believe what God says about me now and about life. And in that place, there is a releasing of the supernatural. I've no doubt about totally. that. There is a absolutely. There is that. There is that third person of the triune God, the Holy Spirit, living within you that will bring the victory of heaven to the very pores Absolutely. of your body. You know? so, but listen, I'm going to get you to pray, Neil, because we're gone over the hour. We, we don't like going over the hour, but uh, it's so been, it's just been so delightful having you on yeah. as always. We love that we can just be natural because we're friends. All of us on screen are friends, and we Absolutely. love to joke and chat yeah. and uh, have a bit of fun. And even if we're off screen, we'd have even more fun. But, Neil, would you pray <laughs> for the Irish church and, and yeah. pray for our Corkers congregation? That are with us. I know for you know to answer your to, to just talk about our congregation exactly the same as yours. But I, I feel such a solidarity now from our people and hearing yeah. the words come, even though it's been very tough. Um, you know, for many of them, and I'm sure there's times I thought Pastor Nick should have been living in my back room and helping yeah. me, but now they know that Jesus is living in their heart, becoming more aware of him in it. I, I, I'm feeling in the spirit a good moment for our congregation, even though we're still apart. But will you pray yeah. for them for comfort and yeah. strength? solidarity and purpose and that we will all get together soon um, and that we'll see this great breakthrough in the spirit. Thank you, Pastor Neil, again for joining yeah. us. God bless you. Uh, let me just read that scripture. So, Lord, I pray that we strengthen the hands, the weak hands, mm -hmm. and we make firm the feeble knees. And we say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God mm -hmm. will come with vengeance and with recompense. Yeah. He will come and save you. Father, um, yes, Father, Isaiah was prophesying of the Holy Spirit coming to us. Mm -hmm. And I, I pray for, Lord, the, the Irish nation. I pray for Cork Church in particular. I pray for all those that say Cork Church is our home. Mm. Those who have been struggling, those who have been battling. Lord, we've come to strengthen meetings like this today. These conversations have a dual purpose. One, that mm. we can communicate with friends. But number two, that we can impart something of the spirit to those who are mm -hmm. listening. Something of the spirit to those who are struggling. Something of the yes, spirit Lord. to those who are hurting. Something of the spirit to those who are not well. Something of the spirit who've, who've those who got COVID and need the touch of God. The scriptures tell us that you will come with a vengeance to save. In other words, you'll you'll take your vengeance out on the enemy and bring them through to victory. Yeah. So, Father, I do pray you, that the fire of the Holy Spirit be continually ignited in this house called yes, Cork Lord. Church and yes, through the Lord. pastors and through the leaders Jeez. and through the young people and ev down to the, the person who sweeps the floor. There's no discrimination with God. You have the no. same revelation for every single person. And for that, we give you thanks. I bless this house. I bless my friend, Pastor Nick and Pastor Stephen. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And before we say goodbye to everybody, just a thank you to Ruth Hill for the lovely comments, patience. Thank you to Cecilia from New York Times Square Church. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in and your very kind comments. And Cassidy, Jamie Byrne, we love you, brother. We just know God is doing a fabulous work in your life. So God bless you too. 
And uh, everyone that's Emma Doyle and everyone that's just going to be watching later, the Lord bless you and keep you. See you in court, church. Thank 11 o'clock Sunday morning. Amen. God bless you all. Amen. Thank you for joining. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.